Hello and welcome to the Scaling Edge. I am your host, Michael Brooks. Max is here. Good morning, America. Max, we're we're on the internet, buddy. Oh, we're not. Good morning, world. Asking to the specific. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't think they're gonna be following us in North Korea, but things could change. Uh, so welcome to the Scaling Edge. This is the Internet Talks program that focuses on hard-won lessons by battle-hardened entrepreneurs, wisdom transferred to you, you get absolutely free. Very exciting guest today, the mastermind of masterminds. What do I mean when I say that? This is a man who wants to be the best in the world at creating masterminds. He's going to explain his definition of it. He is the king of kings of masterminds, the Ozymandarus, Ozymandarus. Zachary Parker Harris, thank you for being a part of our program. Thank you for being a part of the Scaling Edge. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here today? Yeah, thank you for the kind intro, Michael. I grew up in a lower middle class family in San Diego, uh, only child that um, had a lot of opportunities, but really wanted the connection and friendship that uh, you know that I, I think young people sometimes want. And uh, and that led me into a, a dark place. Even though I was uh, had some really cool opportunities that I was thriving in. What do you and mean? I eventually... dark, what do you mean a dark place? Yeah, I mean you know living a pretty fast life, partying, um, abusing different uh, you know alcohol and, and different substances, and and almost dying in a car accident. And realizing that I, I surrounded myself with a lot of people that didn't really care about me and were taking advantage of me. And, um, and even though I had, you know, friendships or connections with those people, the way I think about it is I ended up walking those people out of my life and and starting fresh, uh, in my early twenties and then curating the people in my life very carefully thereafter. Sounds like everybody in their twenties, <laughs> hang oh. out, you party too much. You have a bunch of idiot friends and then you wake up and you go, I don't want this life. So then what happened next? What happened next is I started really committing to excellence in in the different areas of my life. Uh, at the time, I was studying finance and Eastern studies uh, at a university, and I got involved in different organizations of people that were really committed to personal and professional development. And then I took on leadership roles in those organizations and started to or like bring in speakers to speak. Initially, it was to students, and then how after you, graduating, how did you find your way into? Sorry to interrupt. How did you find your way it? into like? personal development groups. I've done some of it. I found my way into it by accident. How did you, did you like actively seek out, be like, I need to do something for my life to make it better. Like what was that moment and what was your pathway to, to walking in the door of an accelerating type program? Yeah, that's, I think, you know, I think there's probably a few different things that happened at once as part of breaking through, like breaking out of that life. I attended some different meetings, like smart self-management and recovery training. I attended like an AA or an NA meeting. And I, I really saw the benefit of that peer-to-peer environment, like something like physically inside of me like happened that I started to understand more as epigenetics became a bigger thing and in terms of how our environment affects what is epigenetics yeah i I didn't know either epigenetics is a field of study within molecular biology that explains the paradox of nature and nurture max did you know that absolutely not no of course you didn't okay (laughs) (laughs) did you michael (laughs) of course not no that uh, that word's far too big for me to digest and, and even understand can you say that that definition again because it, it did sound yeah. like you were kind of entering somewhere a bit fascinating. 
Epigenetics is what again? So I actually had this explained to me by a PhD sociologist who ran the University of California, San Diego's extended studies department. I was explaining what we were doing um, with our company. And she's like, no way, no way. Have you ever heard of epigenetics? And I'm like, no. <laughs> and and she, she explained it to me this way is it's a field of study within molecular biology that explains the paradox of nature and nurture. And to be more precise there, it's how our environment affects the translation of our DNA. When you say the translation of our DNA, like I'm not sitting here reading my DNA. Do you mean like how your environment affects the way you feel, your harmony and that type of thing? No, actually how it affects how our body and how we as people evolve. And this is why twins with identical DNA can, in different environments, can really become very different people. I live in Dorado, Puerto Rico. I live in nice. little... Uh, golf cart community here how, how what what should i be looking at from an epigenetical standpoint to, yeah. to identify whether i'm in a in a healthy paradox or an unhealthy paradox yeah, well, I, I think what I mean by paradox is essentially that, you know, people have been arguing for a long time, is this a genetic thing or is this like a, a nurture thing? Like, did is yeah. it because I had this parents or is it because of my DNA? My stepdad was a prick and now I beat up kids, right? Like, totally. Is it is it nurture versus nature? Am I just a bad person or was I beaten and now I beat other people, right? Yeah, or, or did I become an addict because of a genetic predisposition or is it because i have childhood trauma that's unresolved or both right or both so what have you found i mean that because that is a big question right if that's epigenetics if it's the uh, nurture versus nature argument people have that question across many different paradigms from from addiction to 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 ambition to sexual preferences right people want to know that so in your studies of epigenetics what have you found yeah well i think it goes back to that jim Rome quote too of you know we become the sum average of the five people we spend the most time with and i think that's that's you know an attempt to articulate this idea in a really simple way i think to answer you know to answer your question i think a lot of people know what they need to do like there's there's like knowledge and then there's the activation of that knowledge into action which I call wisdom, right? And so my hypothesis is that in these type of environments where it's not vertical or hierarchical, like a coach, a traditional coaching environment or a therapist environment in a psychiatrist environment, like that type of environment, it's like, it's a vertical environment where like one person is infusing information to the person below them. Think of like a speaking event, right? Like a Tony Robbins event or something like that, where there's one person on stage speaking to 2000 people and there's that one like one dimensional transfer of knowledge in these type of environments, whether it's something like Alcoholics Anonymous or like, and there's a bunch of different offshoots of that, or in like a mastermind environment where everyone's a peer, people can have a certain vulnerability and a trust can form to create an environment where people can move from what they know, like from a knowledge to, to a wisdom and take action on what they already know to be the right answer. I'm trying to get my head around what you're saying. So you've given two examples. One is a Tony Robbins. Hey, he's spitting out information and the whole room's dancing around, right? Auditoriums dance around. And then there's group environments where people almost like a feedback loop where people, because they're in a group environment, they can get to the answer they already know is the right one or the right path. Is this your study? 
This is something that's being studied by a lot of scientists right now. And I think addiction, like people, you know, were billionaires and they had a drug, you know, a child that was an addict and they would send them to all these elite coaches or psychiatrists and the person would still abuse drugs. And then they went to one NA meeting and they never used again. And they were like, what just happened there? That that ended up funding a field of science that we we don't really work with addicts. We're working with more entrepreneurs. And, in, in, and I'll just give you an example in a recent well, I don't think the term is mutually exclusive. Yeah. I mean, there's fair. a lot of addicted entrepreneurs. Some entrepreneurs are just addicted to being entrepreneurs and they're that's super fair. In very their 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 behaviors are just as destructive and just as addictive and just as dependent as any other type of substance. That's a really good point, Michael. Yeah, I think a lot of times, you know, entrepreneurs can destroy, you know, their their family or destroy their health or destroy different areas of their life because of you know, that, that focus or prioritization. So you create um, masterminds to draw the best out of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And help them hear the truth within themselves. Cause it's not always like scale, 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 or grow, grow, grow. I think that that's one of the biggest things like I'm passionate about is, is helping people align their business strategy with the vision they have for their own life and their own, you know, mission, purpose, and priorities. Would you and call so to, that balance? I would call it harmony. Or alignment, harmony. probably. I like that work a lot better than uh, than balance, harmony or alignment. So, so you're talking about taking someone who's naturally ambitious and feels they have to get up early and grind, 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 and work themselves to death, or their or their like deep insecurities start banging up against the walls of the back of their brain, and you're going, hey, 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 you're actually going to be more successful, not just in business, but in life. If you figure out how to to do that in a a harmony in a, in a harmonious way, and align what you want for your life and work your business into that, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, um, I think that's a great way to articulate it. That I I have never been able to articulate that before. So ah, thank you. You're you're welcome. I must be a good listener, or I'm full of shit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just the paradox. <laughs> it's, a, it's the good listener full of it and paradox. No, no, I get it. Look, I've done a lot of coaching and 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 went and, like I said, found it by accident and then went back and volunteered and it was so meaningful and impactful. We used words like alignment, right? Alignment is much more a much greater word than agreement, but it was always in the context of other people. It wasn't necessarily aligning yourself and aligning your own vision. So that is, uh, okay, functionally, who have you done this with? How do you work with people now? Yeah, so it's evolved over time. I, I really saw the benefit of this type of experience. And I, I was like, this can help everybody. And I think long-term, this is how the education system gets fixed. There's a lot of talk about like how the education system's broken. This idea of having one teacher who's not even an expert like regurgitate something to 30 kids that have to like be captive and sit there and, and listen to this person when there's probably someone on the internet who has recorded a YouTube video about this, right? It's kind of Salman, Salman Khan's from Khan Academy, his TED talk about the fact that sending kids home to, to listen to the lecture and then coming into the classroom to do the homework and that creating pockets of peer-to-peer -peer learning 
where students are teaching each other. And when one person teaches, two people learn. So I think that this is going to be relevant to younger and younger people over time. And then I also have a number of mentors that are in their 60s, 70s, and even 80s that are like, Parker, I don't have 10 people that I can talk to about the things that matter most. And so I think that older people would also really benefit from this type of experience. So that's that's really what, what I'm working on in my mission. You know, that Jim quote, that Jim Rome quote kind of resonates with me that you just said, you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. That's got to get people thinking, who are they spending their time with? What are their, what are their lives look like if they're, if they're, if they're spending the most time with, with those specific five people, who are the five people you spend the most time with? I have some amazing group of peers that, that I curated, you know, I would say, you know, mostly entrepreneurs, but more than entrepreneurs, they're just outstanding human beings that, that have my back, that have my best interests and will answer the phone, you know, when I call them, regardless of what's going on in their life. Well, I think everybody should have that. So if somebody wants to work with you and they say the what your message and your vision resonates with them, how do they get a hold of? How did they get a hold of you? I'm pretty active on most social medias. So I think that would be the best way. Okay. Any email, website? My name is Zachary Parker Harris. And that is, that is how someone could find me on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. And uh, and my email address is parker at junto.global. So parker at junto.global. If someone wants to email me, and then our website is, is junto.global. Junto, J-U-N-T-O. To join together. Junto.global. And uh, Zachary Parker Harris. It sounds like an actor that played, uh, what was that guy who did Doogie Howser? Neil Patrick Harris. It's just, it's just the whole three names. I don't know. Do you go, you do the whole three? Is that is that for marketing purposes? Like, do you get... Do people find you easily because you're a three name guy? You know, I, as part of the transition that we kind of talked about in life, I decided to start going by my middle name and that's Parker. And I think as I'm becoming more aligned and integrated myself, I decided to just use all three of those names. And then there's also another Parker Harris who started Salesforce. So he messes <laughs> with my, my SEO. <laughs> I'll bet that guy does. I think I'm going to start uh, amplifying my middle name, but I'm going to give myself a new one. What is it? Michael Maximilian Brooks. That's my name. <laughs> or Maximus. <middle> Maximus. <laughs> there you go. That's uh, or Thanos. You know, <laughs> that that one might get messed with the SEO. Zachary Parker Harris. It has been wonderful having you on. Thanks for your fresh insight. Thank you for the new wonderful word that we that Max and I both learned here today. Something that we're going to look into look into more. And I hope we get to see you again soon. And appreciate you sharing your journey. I really do. My pleasure, Michael. Enjoy life in Puerto Rico. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs>